right, folks, we are live with Chase Williams, who is the co-founder and CEO of Pathify. Chase, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Looking forward to the chat. Likewise, man. I And to be honest with you, I, I know a fair amount about EdTech and the EdTech landscape, but I, I'd say I only recently discovered Pathify, maybe maybe in the last six months, actually through Dustin Ramsdale, who has a show that's part of our network now. He, I think, got a job with you guys. And I was like, oh, this is interesting. What's Pathify? I went and checked out Pathify, thought you guys were really cool, was curious as to why I hadn't crossed paths with you before. So I'm just selfishly really excited for this conversation because I, I want to get to know you and I want to get to know a little bit about what Pathify is up to. Yeah, I mean, we've sort of been gaining some steam, I suppose, in the last few years. I moved the company to the US in 2017. Um, so... It's it's been a little bit of a long journey, as you probably know. In higher ed, it can take a little bit of time to <laughs> build a brand and, and build a team, and sometimes the sales cycles can be pretty long and, <laughs> and all that sort of thing. So it can take take a little while before the market hears about you. But we've been doing some some really exciting stuff. We, as I said, have been over here since 2017 now, and have been working with all kinds of universities and colleges big, small community colleges, state universities. We're really helping them. Uh, largely, this all started because my co-founder, James McCubbin, and I wanted to help universities really upgrade the user interfaces and user experience mm. of like, digitally. And so that, that could have meant anything for a website, but really what we ended up focusing on was this kind of combined web and mobile app experience that did a lot better job of connecting students to the things they needed to be aware of yeah. as compared to say what we were using when we were at university, which was candidly, I think at the time we were at university, the web portal we were using was already about 10, 12, <laughs> maybe 15 years old. <laughs> and mostly the web portals that institutions have in place are really a web page with links to other places. They might have some information from the SIS system. They might yeah. have some information from your email, but they often send students on a frustrating kind of treasure hunt through information that they need to go find. So we just found it was this, this kind of experience that we weren't getting in our everyday lives on the consumer platforms that we were using, whether that was social media or Spotify or the, those kinds of platforms that are bringing together huge amounts of information, but yeah. curating it in a way that's that's super personalized for you. So that's essentially what we do. And as I said, we've been building a, a bit of steam and momentum over the last few years. So more and more institutions and more people in the space are starting to hear about us, which is nice. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny, the, what you just shared reminded me of this this story that it was really a conversation I had with my cousin. So I have a cousin who just started at a large state school in Virginia, and they my cousin was telling us at a family dinner last weekend that so she's really into she's actually like a biomedical engineering like major, but she is also an actress, and so she like loves drama. So she was auditioning, I guess, for this the school production or something like that. And she was telling me about her search to try to figure out like where the audition was, like where the auditions were going to be like held. And so she went into whatever the you know platform they use. I don't know if it's like you know Blackboard or or whatever. And she goes in 
And she says she used 16 different keywords and she's like a very eccentric character. So her, hearing her tell the story was just amazing. I, I will not do it justice, but she used 16 different keywords. She went to like the school of theater, the school of visual arts website, trying to figure out like where this audition took place. It took her, she said it took her 30 minutes to figure out where it was. And the keyword she ended up using, which I don't remember, was like something completely like not relevant at all to audition. And that's what ultimately helped her figure out where, where these were taking place. But it was just it was just a remarkable sort of this like dumb, she was dumbfounded that like we're in 2023. She's trying to search for something and she's already a student enrolled at this you know college or university, let alone a prospective student. And she can't figure out where the damn audition is so she can go in and audition. So anyways, it was just as you were talking about sort of the the friction involved from even when you were back at university, it's it's very much still a, a massive problem today, at least at this large public school in in Virginia. Yeah, I mean, the, the problem is that institutions like universities and colleges over here and in many other regions, they're, they're massive complex organizations. Yeah. And there's so much work going on behind the scenes in terms of new services and initiatives and systems that they're looking to put in place. And it's really sad sometimes in a sense when you've got people who do care about the student experience and care, and that's why they're in higher ed, yeah. putting all this work in around these initiatives and implementing new systems. And then the thing that you think would be the easiest piece of all of that, but getting the message out there about the fact that these things exist is, is often the hardest because there is just such a sea of information and a sea of content out there. So really getting getting the right information, getting the right updates to the right student at the right time, like that that is really what we're focused on through our front end. And I don't see the problem going away. We yeah. kind of only see it getting bigger because everything is is becoming more and more digital. There are more systems being put in place by CIOs and director of enterprise applications. Let's just say Generally, I think we're we're likely heading into a period where there may be some some rationalization of systems and yeah. things like that. But in general, going forward, there are going to be more systems on campus. And so this is a problem that, that institutions are going to need to deal with if they want to decomplexify their institution. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad you brought this up because I wanted to drill into this a little bit. Hired is obviously notoriously known for its silos. You've got, I mean, the number of times you hear stories where schools or one department is using a totally different CRM than another department and neither of them connect to the SIS. And then there's an, a third CRM that somebody else is using that does connect to the CIS. And then you've got to hire people to like build these integrations. And, it, it, you know, it, it, a university's tech stack ends up becoming like pretty messy very, very, very quickly. And you have to hire whole teams of people just to manage the mess that you've created. And it's really difficult to replace those people because it's all been jerry-rigged. So this is this is not news. This is the reality that many folks, many of the people listening to this conversation live through. I'm curious from from your perspective and how you guys have built Pathify, uh, what, 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 what is the actual problem that you're trying to solve? Like, Everyone touts, or a lot of you know, a lot of these companies tout their product as sort of like an all-in-one solution to every problem that you have. When in reality, it, you know, it's that's rarely the case. 
Well, how do you guys fit in, I guess, to a university's tech stack? What is it that you're offering is chiefly trying to, the problem you're, you're offering is trying to chiefly solve? Yeah, I mean, we're looking to be the deep complexifying single pane of glass, the front end, and where fortunate's the wrong word, but there's already an anchor in the budget and in the tech stack, which is the web portal mm. and or mobile app. That's kind of already trying to do this. Mm. And the interesting thing, and, and this is sort of just like the natural progression of how those systems have come about. I mean, a web portal was put in place often somewhere between 2000 and 2010. Okay. And a mobile app came along once the iPhone was invented. So let's say anywhere between 2010 and 2015. Yep. And some institutions we talked to still don't have one. And there are two systems that are kind of trying to do the same thing, be this kind of overarching front-end experience that helps the student navigate and get more involved in um, the institution. Yeah. But one is often either built in-house or sits alongside the SIS and is often just hosted on-premise. Yeah. Um, Whereas the newer native mobile apps that came out, cloud-based, but again, from a different vendor. So all of a sudden you've got two budget line items, two systems trying to do the same thing that the institution is needing to integrate systems with. You've got content going on both. You've got communications going through through both. So there's this huge duplication of effort. So just to, in the simplest sense, we're often coming to a CIO or a director of enterprise applications, or even, you know, we may have side doors through the directory of marketing or yeah. enrollment, things like that. And that deduplication of effort and budget is a really simple win. You're kind of looking from the university side or through the CIO and systems lens. But in addition to that, we're really flipping the idea of those systems on their head where we're not porting users out to other places as much as a web portal would. Yeah. We're giving students more of the expect, expected experience where we're using a an integration platform or layer that sits behind our single pane of glass that reaches into these different systems in a multitude of different ways Yeah, to bring information together and essentially offer windows into all of your other core systems or systems that may be important to you based on your experience. So you're referring to your friend or maybe your cousin. Yeah. And in that situation, within the calendar widget, which you can integrate multiple different types of calendars with, she may have had a calendar for dance class or that specific extracurricular activity. Yeah. And that may have just been there amongst her class schedule and the academic calendar and other student life activities that that she has going on. So we're kind of flipping the idea of a portal on its head, trying not to port users out as much and looking to bring information to them. And the integration layer plays a massive part in that for us. Well, it happened again. Prospect Paul is excited about attending your institution, but is getting consistently confused by all of the information and tasks he needs to complete to enroll, creating friction, and even worse, possible melt. You knew this would happen again, which is why you've been flagging the need for a come to Jesus meeting with leadership from marketing, admissions, and IT to audit the digital experience for prospective students. Here's the problem. 
You're not gonna convince Mark from marketing to let go of his marketing automation software. Adriana from admissions just got set up with her new CRM and Isabel from IT is still working through ticket requests from last Christmas. But what if you could come to the table with a solution that didn't require anyone to let go of their software while at the same time ensuring a frictionless experience for prospects and current students alike? Well, my friend, guess what? Today is your lucky day. Meet Pathify, an innovative higher ed engagement hub that puts students at the center of their college journey. Pathify sits at the center of your school's digital ecosystem, becoming the single user experience interface tying together all systems, content, and communications. Their engagement hub elevates the information that matters most and pushes systems like your SIS behind the scenes where they belong, which makes it simpler for students to discover and engage with the opportunities your institution provides at every step of their higher ed journey, from prospect all the way through to alumni. What's even better is that Pathify has a mobile experience that provides 100% parity with a responsive web app, so your campus app is always in sync. Pathify is a platform that every stakeholder on campus, from marketing to admissions to student affairs to IT, etc., can get equally excited about. You can learn more about how Pathify is uniting strategic units across campus and bettering the entire student experience by visiting pathify.com. And be sure to tell them that Zach from the Enrollify podcast sent you their way. Again, that's pathify.com. And be sure to mention that you heard about them on the Enrollify podcast. All right, folks, back to the show. What you guys are trying to do, which I think is so needed, is help deliver information in the way and the how and in the format that the user calls upon that information in. And the, the reality is, if you and I are trying to answer a question, our approach to answering that question might be wildly different. Like the, we, the, the words that we use, the keywords that we use, the way we might navigate through a website could be radically different. And, you know, I think this isn't new news to anyone, but gone are the days when you, you would have where users were willing to just go and take one path to get an answer. We've all just been spoiled, quite frankly, by being able to take whatever the hell path we want to find what we're looking for. And that all breaks down when it comes to accessing crucial information at a college or university, right? The, the world outside the, the greater world of tech, the world that we live in, the world of social that we are, that so many of us are immersed in for hours and hours a day has given us all these like luxuries. And so when we try and find information that's actually incredibly pertinent and important and probably more important than some of the information that we're getting through these other means, the, 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 the fact that like the system doesn't work is is just it's mind boggling and it's really frustrating to, to you and me, let alone like the generations coming behind us who truly grew up with unbelievable amounts of choice and unbelievable number of pathways to figure out the answers to their questions. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the something else that's happening, we talked about that there's going to be more digitization and more systems over time. The other thing that's happening there is that. You know, students, as we know, but those of us who are in the space, they're looking more and more at the ROI of attending university or college in the first place, Yeah. particularly if it's community college, particularly with minimum wages rising across many states. There's, there's a real decision to be made between this. And 
that's going to force institutions' hands as well to actually, you know, they're going to need to act because, you know, gone are the days where you can, many institutions can no longer just rest on the laurels of, well, everyone wants to go to university now. If, you, yeah. if you're educated, you're going to want to just carry on and, and go to university. That's that's not necessarily the typical path. And yeah. if you look more and more at the generations that are coming along and are starting university or of university age now, they tend to think more independently, creatively, kind of want to take their own path. Yeah. And it's institutions now really have to sell them to come to their institution, as I'm sure you know about yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, no. And what you're just, you know, I think the, the last thing I would just add on to that too is it's also just become way more socially acceptable to do so, right? Meaning like you've got people who, even in incredibly privileged contexts, it's become far more socially acceptable to take an alternative path, right? Or, or, or you know, decide, hey, you know what, I'm going to do a gap year or I'm going to start at a community college. I want to just save money. I don't really know, you know, know what I want to do. Even when I was in high school, that was sort of weird. Like if, if you were doing that and you were in a privileged context, people kind of looked at you a little funny, right? You fast forward just, you know, 10 years, 15 years or whatever. And my youngest sister who just graduated from high school her class she went to a great private school in like the northeast and several people from her class decided that they weren't going to go to college right away and they were actually going to start working or one of her friends is actually like a somewhat influential tiktoker and so they're going to go and try to do that for a little bit of time right and so it's just funny to see that like the social pressure and the way that society views higher education has has shifted and and therefore like makes these decisions a little bit more agreeable or understandable which which is a massive massive factor that again we, we've of course covered on this show several several times but i think it's gonna come to a head over these next years i did the, the other thing i wanted to pick your brain around chase is that when, when i talk to administrators whether it's a, a cmo or a cto whether it's somebody who's you know a vp of enrollment management at a college or university one of their biggest friction points is that they have so many different stakeholders on campuses, as you said earlier, right? <laughs> Institutions are, they're, they're behemoths. They're, they're true enterprises, right? In, in most contexts, even the small ones are, are, are still, in, in many cases, significantly larger than, than a lot of companies, right? Um, and so that they're complex. And trying to get people to agree to use a particular set of tools or a particular platform for communications or, you know, whether it's alum, whether it's prospects, whether, whether it's to get everyone to agree on one SIS, all these things are incredibly challenging. And yep. I think the the most progressive software companies in the world are realizing that, hey, you're never going to convince every strategic unit within an enterprise or in our context within an institution to all agree to use one particular CRM in one particular way. The future is really about like, how do you build systems where regardless of the tool or the software that you're using, you can use the tech stack that works for you and your team, Chase, and then I can use the tech stack that works for me and my team, and that data can be shared. Like, I really do feel like that's where things are going, and it sounds like what you guys are developing at Pathify is is, a, is like a front-facing solution who cares what's going on in the back end as long as it can as long as the experience is all accessible through this as you've said so uh, a couple times now this one pane of glass yeah i mean our, it is one of our key selling points is the independence or 
that the, the fact we are tool or integration agnostic, so you can rip and replace, add systems, build the tech stack of your dreams in a sense yeah. behind the scenes, and it doesn't really matter. You can replace systems without having to worry about how it will impact the front end experience. Yeah. The same as if you were to be using a, a portal or a mobile app that's attached to the SIS. Yeah. Because now if you're going to go in another direction with the SIS and make that decision, you have to worry about the entire front end experience. Yeah. At, at the same time. So yeah, that's 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 certainly a big a big piece of of the selling point. I think sort of tangential to that one of the things we really try to do, maybe you mentioned how difficult it can be sort of in a sense to herd cats internally and get everyone kind of rolling in the same direction. Yeah. Trained up, adding content to one system, putting communications through one system. And this is where the integration side for me really plays a big role. Where And we say this pretty openly and when I catch up with our customers, particularly our newest ones and our oldest ones, you know, a big part of my message is let's set up the integration so we let a lot of let the robots do a lot of the content work yeah. in a sense. So we're reaching into other places and we're getting refreshes and updates on information in an automated fashion. And if you hook students into the platform that way and give them three, five, ten different reasons to go back, that's all underpinned by integrations. Yeah. Well, now your ability to actually drive or create an incentive for someone in Marcom or someone in student affairs to actually want to set up a group and set up events and run announcements or integrate announcements into our platform increases significantly versus requiring them to build the content, requiring them to build the network effect to bring students to the platform. So. We, as we build out more integrations, we're seeing more and more of that become a bigger part of our the adoption strategy. Where let the robots do the work, and internally the humans will will follow because it makes sense for them to to be posting in a place that already has traction and adoption. Yeah, yeah. I d- I did want to pick your brain around sort of this this and, and again maybe this is still early and it's it's certainly like contextually relevant but there there's more and more conversation about consolidating vendors consolidating tools getting getting simpler right and a, a big reason for this is budget right like a lot a lot of institutions are need to cut costs in order to keep the doors open right huh. what from your perspective and what will this mean for software companies for you know ed tech tools that that institutions use like do you think there will be a lot of consolidation do you think uh, the reality is there'll probably just be more adoption of tools and we'll just need other solutions like pathify to help integrate all of this stuff in a truly seamless way like what are your thoughts or your predictions on whether or not schools will dramatically consolidate the tools that they use for for budgetary reasons or, or otherwise versus kind of continue to expand their tech stack but then need to layer on something like you guys offer to ensure some sort of integrated experience yeah i mean i, I think if you're facing any budget constraints so there's as we know there's a certain sector of institutions that aren't always in that bracket but those that need to i mean i think they should be looking at they should always be looking at rationalizing any nice to have tools that haven't been implemented well and they're struggling to demonstrate 
return on investment through, whether that's quantitative or qualitative based on feedback from students or feedback from staff internally. I think one of the nice things around our platform and the position that we have is we are deduplicating two budget line items, but more importantly, one of the things we talk about related to this as part of the pitch for us is pretty naturally that if you've made investments in pockets of the institution on point solutions, yeah. we can help you amplify those investments because we can bring them in and surface them in a front end mm. in a way that they hadn't been before. Whereas before they might've been a tool link in the old portal or a tool link on your website and a student literally has to dig to find it versus like, it being on the dashboard and being a widget on the dashboard or something in the widget library or something like that. So that's what you just described is is a part of our pitch when we yeah. when we go to these institutions. But yeah, I mean, I think if if a CFO or any good steward of money and the CIO is part of their job to constantly be looking at what's working, yeah. what's not working, whether a in a budget constraint or not, it just I think the magnifying glass comes out when you when you have budget constraints and need to move in that direction. So if I was if I was a, a vendor or another founder and I felt that I, my tool might be a nice to have, I'd be looking at ways to make it important or critical. Yeah, as soon as I could. Yeah, yeah. Do you think when when you think about how the CIO or the or CTO works with I'm thinking about like other decision makers, right? Who who might be in the room when it comes to adopting any sort of new piece of technology that's going to help with recruitment, with with current student engagement, with with alumni. You'll probably have like the VPs, right? Like a head a head of marketing, uh, a head of admissions, a head of a head of advancement, and maybe a, a CIO or CTO. How, how do you see these folks, from your perspective, working together today? Like again, traditionally everyone's siloed. It's really difficult to get these, even these senior leaders to come and collaborate in a meaningful way. Do you, mm-hmm. do you see that like changing? Like when you guys are having conversations with you know, CIOs, are, are, are there folks from marketing or admissions or, or, you know, enrollment management, like are, are other folks a part of these conversations and, and have yeah. you seen a shift in, in, in folks present for these really important strategic chats? Yeah. I mean, when we, selling we have a prospective student module a student module and a, an alumni module so we kind of work across the life cycle in that way but if we're and we tend to start with students and and layer out from that in those instances it's usually starting with the cio and pretty squarely the director of enterprise applications yeah. who then may or may not be bringing in student affairs or marketing and communications into the decision that's they're usually who are at the table yeah but it may be that they've already collected all of their requirements or their wish list from yeah. that group and they're now looking and assessing as it on their behalf yeah but what i have noticed in the last like since being here from 2017 is that the cio is tending to make, I think, more centralized decisions around technology now rather than things getting decisions getting made down in different pockets yeah. around technology. And the CIOs have a seat on the cabinet when they may not have previously. Yeah. So that, you know, COVID clearly shifted that in a, in a big way where, okay, digitization is critical to what we do going forward. 
we need the IT head in the room to help us navigate uh, the future and how we're going to digitize and our systems and that sort of thing. Where quite often it was the they were, and they still often report to the CFO, but quite often it was the CFO sitting on the cabinet, speaking yeah. on behalf of the director of IT or the CIO at the institution. Yeah, yeah, that's super super interesting. Do you know, even just anecdotally, like are are folks taking into account? student like user feedback of, of these tools like i i often wonder when it yeah. comes to these when it comes to these discussions and these decisions like how often are there like really candid conversations with students about how easy or not easy it is to access the web portal or, or use the the you know the app the university app like are you seeing like surveys done or focus groups being done or, and, and like has there been an increase in that in, in recent years I mean, it depends on the institution always. I mean, there's a spectrum of institutions where particularly those who are usually more resourced again are doing more upfront work around their wants and their needs Yeah. versus I would say the majority, possibly the vast majority of institutions are acting when they need to. Yeah. So it may be that the CIO, CIO has decided we're getting everything off-premise in, in terms of hosting yeah. and therefore the portal that we built in-house 15 years ago, that needs to be upgraded. We're yeah. having a look. You've got quite a few portals in the space right now being sunset. So that's driving a lot of conversations for us and and driving the institution to act. But I, I, yeah, I mean, when, when a decision is being made around us, even around renewal, we're often seeing three factors. One is usage. One is the portal administrator plays a major role in influencing the renewal decision yeah and or, or whoever that's going to be plays a role in the buy decision and then it's like qualitative student feedback yeah and we tend to do really well from a qualitative student feedback perspective and even from the portal admin perspective and usage is, is often really good across the, the vast majority of institution but it's probably the one of those three factors that's most out of our control. Yeah. Based on the implementation and the resources that an institution has. Yeah. Yeah. Now that makes a lot of sense. And, you know, <laughs> it's funny when I hear stories like my cousin shared with me about her, her search for this audition on campus, right? It, it makes me think, gosh, like at the end of the day, she's a customer of this institution. And if this is what her customer experience is like, if it takes her 30 minutes to figure out where this audition is, at, at some point, right, that's gonna that's gonna add up. Maybe, maybe, she, maybe she won't like really care throughout her undergrad experience, but maybe that does affect where she decides to go to grad school. Maybe that affects whether or not she's going to become uh, a donor, right? And, and actually give back once she becomes uh, an alum of yeah. the institution, right? There are all these like factors because at the end of the day, how students interact with technology in and around your institution is fundamental to their student experience. Like student experience and designing great student experiences is super hot and like sexy and trendy right now. And everyone in positions of power at these institutions is talking about the need to like double down on student experience. Mm -hmm. And yet- you cannot separate the physical in-person experience from the digital experience. Like it's just this, it's 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 just the student experience. There's yeah. not they, they they the lines between them are 
becoming increasingly blurred and yet like totally hybridized now yeah. yeah yeah exactly and yet folks will still hand out gobs of money for that in-person experience to kind of look and feel better and yet it's su- it's always this like i don't know do we really need a new web app do we really like anytime it comes to technology it seems like it's it's met with so much friction and what i want to tell these folks all the time is like when's the last time you sat down with your freshman who are, you know, brand new stakeholders in your company, right, at your institution and ask them what it's like to access the digital tools and resources available through your university. Yep. So, I don't know, man. And, and yeah. many of them, many of them wouldn't have, that. that's for sure. And, yeah, it's it's becoming more blurred. It's only becoming more important. Yeah, I think there's there's two sides, and you'll get a lot of pushback from the faculty and the academic side around thinking as a student as a customer or yeah. a consumer. Yeah, but there's really two sides to the institution, or two sides to two big sides to the overall experience. Like, am I being enriched? Am I self actualizing? Am I learning on the academic side? I expect some friction there. I expect to have to push forward and, yeah. and really push myself in order to self-actualize. But when it comes to the administrative side of the experience, please make that as easy as humanly possible because that's taking time away from me self-actualizing and and the reason why, the major part of the reason why I'm here to to learn and improve. So that's that's where we come at it from is like, we're here trying to make, provide this consumer-grade experience so students have more time literally to spend learning and you're spending less time fielding support questions from frustrated or confused students yeah. or you're not because they just haven't bothered and now they've left with a bad taste in their mouth yeah uh, about the digital tools of, and experience you're providing yeah so it's it, it's a that's a really common piece of of what we go out to market with as well yeah no, dude, I, I think it's amazing what you guys are doing. It, it's super needed. I'm thankful to to you and the team for for the work that you're that you're doing and, and the cause that you're that you're championing here. I think a lot of students will be better off because of it. Any sort of like final thoughts or hot takes or a- anything else you want to share just about your perspective on the industry and 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 where things are going before we sign off here? I mean, I'm me and the team are really passionate about bringing this. This kind of again consumer grade experience to the space, uh, Echo U, I think it is is really needed, and we're only seeing that there's going to be more and more pressure to be providing something like this. And still, at many institutions, they go in, go in, and we're pretty surprised to see the state of things when it comes to the digital experience. And we want to be there to help all of these institutions in improve that experience because. I just I know there are there are so many students out there that are scared to be going to college for the first time or yeah. maybe they're a mum or a dad with two kids and they're working a job on the side yeah. and they just don't have the time or the wherewithal at, at certain times of the day to have to like dig through all of this information <laughs> and figure this stuff out like yes yeah. to a degree it's it isn't fair to, to put that on them. So we're trying to be here to to help them to help make that that entire experience a lot more seamless. Yeah. The last thing I'll say too is because I know my marketing team will give me a slap on the wrist if we don't do this. We've got our 
our full summit coming up in a few weeks from now, October 5. And we're bringing together a whole bunch of our customers to tell stories like this. Nice. So it's in the week prior to Educause where we'll also have a, a big presence and we'll look forward to speaking to a lot of our customers and, and getting back out in market and seeing a lot of folks, which is which is always fun. Wonderful. And we'll have links to that in the show notes below and links to Pathify. And if you want to learn a little bit more about what Chase and his team are up to, we'll have links to website. We'll have links to your LinkedIn profile too, Chase, if that's cool. So people can connect with you and learn a little bit more about what you guys are up to. But uh, thank you so much for your time, man. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Thank you for the great work that you're doing. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Hey, all Zach here from Enrollify. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Enrollify podcast. If you like this episode, do us a huge favor and hit that follow and subscribe button below. Furthermore, if you've got just two minutes to spare, we would greatly appreciate you leaving a rating and a review of this show on Apple Podcasts. Our podcast network is growing by the month, and we've got a plethora of marketing, admissions, and higher ed technology shows that are jam-packed with stories, ideas, and frameworks that are all designed to empower you to become a better higher ed professional. But Enrollify is far more than just a podcast network. Enrollify is where higher ed comes to learn new marketing skills, discover new products and services, and find their next job. We're a growing, learning community of 4,000 members, and we'd love to welcome you into the fold. You can access our free blog articles, newsletters, e-courses, and more, or purchase our master course on how to market a university with Terry Flannery at enrollify.org. We look forward to meeting you soon and welcoming you into the community. Again, you can subscribe for free at enrollify.org.